Go ahead. Friends and family, we are live. It is Monday night, December 19th. We're a couple days late, but we are definitely not any dollars short. The Vikings pull off the most historic comeback in NFL history. They were down 30 three to zero at the half they come all the way back win 39 36 in overtime Jordan I gotta say the first thing that I just want to mention here you know so Saturday afternoon I'm watching the game with my one-year-old and my, my wife and my daughter are they're out they were at the nutcracker on Saturday so they were out having a great ladies day and you know me and my son just you know cuddling up watching the Vikings and you know when, when my wife and daughter get home she asked how the game was and I asked and I just told her like, well, we uh, just had the most impressive comeback in NFL history. We were down 33 to zero and we won by three in overtime. And she goes, first thing out of her mouth, they were down 33 to zero. That's really bad. (laughs) So, you know, there's, there's an element of, yes, that was really bad from the Vikings. And then there's obviously the, oh my goodness, impressive. I don't know what to make of the most ridiculous thing it, that the NFL has ever seen. So Jordan, where do you sit now? About you know 48 hours removed from the third miracle in Minneapolis uh, Vikings, Vikings home game history. <laughs> yeah, I, that, that was crazy. It was kind of funny. I think that it, we can sum it up with uh, the phrases that me and my family, which I posted the, the gif of me and my dad and my brother jumping around after the game um that we took but i think we can sum it up with uh the phrases we were using throughout the game which uh began with it's just a game it's okay it's you know it's football you have no control over it it is what it is and then it turned into don't give me hope uh and then it very quickly turned into uh it's more than just a game and because i'm a theater kid and i, and I like to act I, I will i will tell you how those phrases were said they were said guys it's just a game and then they will say, oh, please don't give me hope. And then they will say, finally, it's more than just a game. It's a lifestyle. The Vikings <laughs> come all the way back. Holy cow, should have never been down that badly to the Colts. And I think we could sit here for 20 minutes tonight and we could talk about, yeah, the, the Vikings shouldn't have been in that position and they shouldn't have gotten down. But what? I, there, there's no fun in that. And there's no need to. Everyone knows that, right? Like, we know what went wrong. The offense was bad. We weren't pass protecting well. We weren't running the ball well. We, we just weren't executing. And the defense was honestly not playing that terribly. They had a bad first drive, and then we started turning the ball over, and they were getting big special teams plays. And the defense honestly had a pretty impressive game, yeah. all things considered. Um, but, I mean, just focusing on the positives, man – what a game. K.J. Osborne, the Houghton soul of the Minnesota Vikings. Justin Jefferson may be our best player, but K.J. Osborne, it, he is – I've got some phonus troubles going on that I told you about before the show went live. He is the uh, the pilot light of the Vikings. Like, he had to – you know, once he got lit, the team took off, and, and man, Absolutely. gosh, it just – it gives you hope. It really does. It gives you hope. Well, I got I to gotta jump on that K.J. Osborne – comment because honestly alec lewis of the athletic he's the vikings athletic writer um check him out please people he's awesome um i read almost every piece he puts out he's a young buck like jordan and i a recent graduate from the university of missouri he's fantastic probably the best vikings writer out there in my opinion 
Um, he put a piece out last week actually about KJ Osborne. He featured him talking about, you know, how KJ perfectly embodies this team and how KJ is, you know, the perfect sacrificial, really talented, but sacrificial player on this team where if he's anywhere else, he might be getting twice, three times the touches. Um, and Saturday afternoon proved exactly why. Um, you know, he's been, he's been maybe underutilized this season. Um, he's been really effective in maybe the bubble screen game as well as <laughs> jet sweeps, quite frankly, on short yardage situations. Um, but Saturday afternoon, watching him kind of single-handedly get the team off their butts um, obviously it was a team effort. You have to have all 22 um, playing together um, to get back into a game like that. But his energy and frankly, his anger got this team back in the game. I was wa- watching the game when he scored that first touchdown, you could tell he was just pissed off. And I immediately thought like, okay, this is, this is the guy who's going to get us back into this if we have any chance. And you could tell that anger is what got the team back into the game because everybody responded after that. Absolutely. Um, you know, obviously there were things said at halftime, the famous Patrick Peterson quote. Um, but that energy and that fierce, fiery anger is what got this team back into it. Yeah, I was, I was honestly, because I do this every every. Saturday or Sunday or Monday or Thursday when the Vikings are playing, I start kind of like, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. I start kind of pre-testing takes in my head to see like what sounds good, what's, you know, what, what's a little too convoluted, what have you. And I was really, I was like, oh, the, like, as the second half was going on, I was like, the the Vikings are going to be represented by one KJ Osborne play today. And it was the, the almost big catch at the end of the first half where he lost control of it a little bit whenever he came to the ground and he doesn't complete the catch, but man, that was almost so cool. And so I was, I was prepping up, especially when we punted in overtime for man, that was almost so cool. Uh, but the Vikings did it. Um, I want to ask you this before we just keep rambling. By the way, spoiler alert: there's not. I don't think there's going to be a negative thing said on this show. This is going to be a very just. We're, we're just gonna. We're still living in it, folks, and this is going to be amazing. And maybe we'll speak a little bit more realistically or negatively on Wednesday's show when we pre- preview the Giants game. But I want to get you to. Will you one of the people that was screaming, "We win the division with a tie, take a knee at the end of the game"? Or did you want to see us complete the biggest comeback in NFL history, uh, the way that we did with the with the walk off field goal? What, what, where were you at when we got the ball back in overtime? I was absolutely not interested in a tie (laughs) i it was funny earlier in the game i think you you remember i texted you um when the vikings were down you know 30 to zero or something and i said this team does not deserve to win the division with a win it would only be fitting if they if they lost and detroit lost (laughs) Uh, that was the way they won the division sitting on their couches at home watching the lions lose Um, the lions did not lose but neither did the Vikings. And I, it crossed my mind that a tie wins the division. Um, My little brother actually texted me and he said, wait, if we tie, do we win the division? And I said, yes, (laughs) but I had no interest in it because this team had come all the way back and you could just tell that they weren't that interested in it either. Um, 
Now, they weren't going to be stupid about it. And you could tell, you know, based on what Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins said after the game that, you know, Kirk made a comment that his quarterback coach told him right before he went out for that last, you know, minute 45 or whatever, hey, Kirk, we're going to start with a run, a tie wins the division. And so Kirk was like kind of taken <laughs> aback by it. Um, but I think when the first down run was successful, I think they got five or six yards. Then after that, they went for it. Um, I think if, you know, if that run loses two yards, then maybe you're looking at, okay, maybe we'll just take the tie. So um, I was not interested in the tie. I think it would have been very anticlimactic, kind of lame, (laughs) but um, yeah. How about you? Were you kind of? No. So I was, I was in the boat. My dad was in the, just get down, go for the tie. And he was passionate about it. Like the most passion I've seen out of this man since like 2017, maybe like he was like, just get down. Like, you know, like he had the bass in his voice. Like he was, he was not interested in winning. I said at the beginning of overtime, um, because I kept, we, it, it got very dramatic. It went from being like zero to 100 in my, in my parents' household very quickly. And I said, all throughout the second half, basically, like once we got within two possessions, once the defense came back on the field, I would stop pounding the couch saying like, you know, don't let it be for nothing defense. Like, and so it was just like a day of a thousand phrases. So when overtime hit, I started giving also the commentary on my Hulu app was a little jacked up. So my dad kept muting the TV and he was just doing color commentary by himself. Oh, no. And so oh, oh he was no. doing, he was doing play <laughs> by play. So I started doing color and my color analysis was something along the lines of like, the Vikings have a chance to etch their names in the halls of Valhalla with their forefathers. Like, you know, just getting on some generic stuff that belongs in the yeah. pregame rituals of U.S. Bank Stadium. I wanted the win. I really did. And especially once we got, once Thielen caught that pass and it was like, okay, well, on the edge of field yeah. goal range. I was like, run the clock, kick the field goal. If it goes 50 yards to the left or right, we win the division. If it goes through, we win the division, and we just made history, and we just witnessed history on a random Saturday in December against the Jeff Saturday, the fighting Jeff Saturdays is, I think, what what we were calling them. Um, And, of course, Greg Joseph, I mean, he just drains it. And I mean, what I will really, what a, what a day of football for Vikings fans watching that. My favorite, my personal favorite thing is that I don't know if you've been following it or if any of the listeners have been following it. The uh, ownership that Victor, the Viking has taken over the Pat McAfee show because he has beaten Pat McAfee's Colts and all of his co-hosts are like, there's a Packers fan and a Bears fan mm-hmm. and a Lions fan. There's a Dolphins fan. So the ownership that he now has over that show is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I don't know if mascots can do interviews. I need Victor, the Viking on the Pat McAfee show in some capacity uh, because that, that I, that's my favorite part after getting a win uh, over one of those uh, aforementioned Speak teams. Speak it into existence, man. It would be so good. And even if he just comes on there and like throws like a gimmick punch on McAfee and knocks him out, like, you know, McAfee's goofy like that. Yeah. But I think, I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, what was uh, – let's, let's get into this because we're going to talk about the texts that were sent mostly by me, all by me, to you because I'm a very negative person. One, I do want to point out um, new tradition. Every time the Vikings score a touchdown for the rest of the season, you will be getting a text that says, hey, with a bunch of whys and exclamation points because that quickly became like a, hey, we did something, and it quickly turned into like – I think I said I couldn't feel my chest at one point. So um, I want to talk about one take I had 
in particular, I'm staring it in the face right now, and I'm going to stand by it. And this is going to be a little bit of negativity creeping its way into the show. I said, I think it's time we understand this team stinks and it isn't well coached. I was, I'm 50% wrong on that. I'm not convinced that this team is well coached. I'm convinced that this team is talented and it feels like a, I'm trying to think of a good world, maybe like a glass, a glass cannon. It just feels like when they focus all of their attention and energy on one thing, they do it and they do it incredibly well, like Super Bowl level execution by this team. But it feels like there's been too many times this season where we have came in and we have gotten punched in the mouth immediately. <clears throat> See Dallas Saturday against Indianapolis for the first half an hour and then, you know, go back to Philly. It just feels like this team comes into some games unprepared. And I love the comeback, and I love seeing the grit and the fight and the and the tenacity of this team to get back into it. But, I mean, at some point I am going to be like, okay, Kevin, what's going on? Why are your teams not ready? And that's going to be something that I'm going to keep my eye on until he proves me uh, entirely wrong. Uh, yes. And unfortunately, I think the only way he can do that is a playoff victory this season. So it, do, do you kind of agree with that at least a little bit? I know that you said, you know, 9-1 skull games and, and all that kind of stuff. I, I kind of want to like – I don't know. I want to hash this out. Let's 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 air the dirty laundry. I think there's definitely some merit to it. I think I think the way that you put it is very. Um, I guess I don't know if I'd say convincing, but it, there, there's definitely merit to the argument. Um, I mean, I'll even I'll even go one step sooner. I'd like to see the Vikings come out and assert themselves on Saturday against the Giants. I don't. I don't. I'm not interested in a back and forth, a nail biting game. I think they, they need to come out and they need to assert their dominance and no, they are not the Eagles and they are not the chiefs. Although the chiefs almost lost to the Texans. Um, and they are not the, um, I guess probably those couple teams, chiefs and Eagles, they're not quite on that level. I was going to say bills. And then I remember that we beat the bills, <laughs> um, <laughs> but there, there is something to that sort of why do we get – because I think I texted you something similar of like I fear that this team is soft insofar as we get just absolutely punched in the mouth, like you said, and can't get off the mat. Because um, this would have been, you know, if we didn't complete this historic comeback, it would have been the third blowout Um basically in which we got just manhandled in the first half and couldn't come back from it. And so, yes, you love the comeback. You love the grit. You love the tenacity. You love the, the, um, the fight that the team showed, um, you know, and that's like a really good sign, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, why, why is there this element of like a, here we go again? You know, the, the team has won 11 games. There shouldn't be a, here we go again with this team. So I think there's something there. Um, I think they're maybe well coached in other areas and maybe not so well coached when it comes to um, preparation time from time to time. Absolutely. And I think part of that has to be new coaching staff. They've never worked together before. Some of them have, I guess, but rookie head coach he's younger than some of the players like there's 
there's some of that for sure. Um, but I think, I think it's a good call to keep your eye on it moving forward. Yeah. I, I like the, cause it could be, it could just be that it's a rookie head coach. And I was talking, well, you know, I live in the Cincinnati area. The Bengals also had a historic ish comeback, not quite to the level of like all time NFL history, but they beat Tom Brady when he was up by 17 at home. That's never been done. Before. Never happened. Before. Never. It's yeah. never happened. Like eighty six or eighty nine and oh. Like it, that's that's impressive for the Bengals. And I was talking to to one of my friends about it, and I was like, "Yeah, you guys are in." Because he was saying if the Vi- oh, if the Bengals don't win a Super Bowl with Joe Bo on a rookie deal, he doesn't think it's going to happen in Joe Bo's career with the Bengals. And I was like, "Yeah, the Vikings are playing with house money right now because like." We have a new GM. We have a new coach. Teams that get new GMs and new coaches should not be clinching their division with three weeks of football left to play. Teams that get new head coaches and new GMs typically are like the Houston Texans or the Detroit Lions. Oh, you know, like these, these, I'm going to say this and it's going to sound awful considering the Lions beat us a couple weeks ago, but like poverty franchises, like just really bad franchise, you know, they, those turnover Mm -hmm. and it's bad. And, it just kind of feels like this season is house money. And honestly, next season also might be a little bit of house money because it's like, yeah, well, getting new guys you know, into the system. Kwesi is building his team. You could still very much say this is a uh, – this is oh, man, I just forgot. Rick Spielman Rosto that Kevin O'Connell is, co- uh, is coaching. And um, I, I, it just feels to me like – if the, if that is what they are capable of, and this is this is I was thinking this today while I was walking and listening to some some other Vikings content. I know the answer to this question, but why can't we just play like that on offense all the time? When we need points, we get them and make it look easy. Why can we not need to get to like thirty points before the first half is over and just do that? Like I don't know what it is. I I know that that's it's not that easy. I guess that's that's what I know is that it's not that easy, but I don't know. I wish it was, and I, I I I'm gonna make a little bit of a spoiler for Wednesday night show. The Vikings are either losing big to the Giants or they're blowing the Giants out. I I think this is this is one of those where they're either riding this momentum all the way into like a big win, or they are going to have another post Buffalo you know, big emotional comeback blowout type deal. So um, I don't know. I'm excited. It's an interesting point because I, I had this thought today too, of the last time that the Vikings had this, you know, emotional victory come big three plus score, three score or more comeback in the fourth quarter. Also an overtime win in Buffalo. They came home against an NFC East team the following week and got their doors blown off them. And so two things hopefully they learn from that and i think you would like to think that they would being a veteran group and this team has seen everything this year and so you would you would expect them to be a little more prepared um even if the x's and o's aren't prepared which all right looks like we got a little bit of freezing here from will um I don't want to finish his take, so I will. Uh, I'll wait until we get him unfrozen, and then we will. Uh, we'll have him jump back into Maybe that. The play take. calling wasn't great, but also, uh, hey, did I lose you? Yeah, we lost you. You said uh, the last thing you said was uh, like the X's and O's, and then you froze up, and then and then yeah. If you just want to hop back in though, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, really, all I was saying was just that um, I think the biggest, you know. 
error, if you will, from that first half on Saturday was the execution. It was, it seemed lazy. It seemed um, uninspired. And so you would, you would imagine that the team comes up a little more prepared for that, just ready to, once they get punched to punch back. Um, So I'd like to see the Vikings not get blown out by another NFC East team. I've already seen it twice this year and it's already a little bit old. So it'd be good to see them um, come out and really just, you know, like I said, assert themselves um, and have a little bit more of a dominating performance. Yeah, it would it would be very nice uh, if the Vikings were able to come out and and to just to just dominate. Um, my my concern, not really my concern, but like I watched Sunday Night Football last night, and Kayvon Thibodeau does look like he's very good at football. Um, and yep. you texted me last night and said that Saquon Barkley is is very good at football. And so you know there there is a. The Giants are not a lay-down-and-die team. If the Giants get a 33-point lead, I don't expect to come back from it. The Colts are not a good team, um, and I don't think they're well-coached, and I have all the respect in the world for Jeff Saturday, and I loved him as an analyst, and I want him to be a good coach. But, I mean, he went from high school to the NFL, and that's a big jump. And, you know, I, I it's just, you know, it probably didn't work out, though, but uh, who am I to say? I talk about the Vikings on the Internet. So, um I don't know. I feel like we do have we are required by law to point out Justin Jefferson, um, still the best wide receiver in the NFL. I don't think it's yep. close. He is adding to that resume every week at this point. Um, made I mean Stefan Gilmo just looked about to a crisp on that touchdown route. I, that was disgusting. Um, made me want to throw up in my own mouth. It was just it was just a gross gross route. And I'm really happy that that he got that touchdown there because obviously every every point mattered um, for the Vikings as they get that win in overtime. But uh, I'm gonna pass it off to you to to maybe get some some final takes, final thoughts, um, and take as much time as you need. I know we could probably talk about this game for six hours straight, um, but I'm I'm worried that if we keep going, we will talk about this game for six hours straight. Yeah, um, I got a few things. Um, I think first and foremost, this needs to be said because there's a lot. There's been a lot of doubters. There's been a lot of, out of denigration of of Delvin Cook this season. If Delvin Cook is washed, he might be the best washed player in the history of the NFL. And I and I made that comment. I think midway through the first half when he eclipsed a thousand yards for the third straight or fourth straight season, um, he hasn't missed a game this year, which as of now, knock on wood, there's still three games left. Um, the first time in his career that he would, he would play the entire season. And part of that is the great, I think it's honestly a little bit of load management, giving Alexander Madison more touches, far fewer handoffs per game, keeping him a little healthier. And yeah, he's not as as quick. He's not as strong. He's not as shifty. But the B minus version of Delvin Cook is better than most guys' A version in the NFL. Um, I was also told this last week. I will not um, desecrate his name on the airwaves. But I was told this week that Delvin Cook is a liability in the passing game. I think we can put that to bed as well. Um, 95 receiving yards, 64 yard touchdown reception that set up the game tying two point conversion. If Dalvin cook, I will say it again. If he is washed, he has to be the best washed player ever. 
Also, if Dalvin's not on the Vikings, just just throwing this in now, we lose to Buffalo and to to Indianapolis. Yes. Like me, yes. it was a common commonly said thing in in the Hawthorne household on Saturday. We need at least one turnover and we need a quick touchdown. Like we need a one play drive. And in Buffalo, he gave that to us with the touchdown run, and in Indy, he gave it to us with that big pass yep. that you just mentioned. I mean, he really is explosive this season, and yeah. it's insane. Yeah, and we can debate after the season whether or not the Vikings should bring him back. He's got an op- There's a team option to let him go after this season, um, although he does have a couple of years left on his deal. I actually wrote about this earlier this summer that this could be the end of Dalvin Cook's tenure, but we can debate all that later. He is clearly a valuable men- member of this team. Um, he's a captain on the team. He's very, very valuable to this team. So that needs to be said. That needs to be acknowledged. The other things, just a couple little caveats that I think are hilarious when it comes to stats. The last 24-plus point comeback victory in the NFL was the Kirk Cousins' You Like That game. <laughs> so think about that for a little bit. Um, previous uh, previous to the season starting, my bold Kirk Cousins prediction was what, Jordan? Touchdowns, interceptions. It's He would have as many – we would have as many wins as Kirk Cousins had interceptions. And how many touchdowns or how many interceptions has he thrown? I'm going to assume it is 11. Yes, he has thrown 11 interceptions and the Vikings have 11 touchdowns (laughs) or 11 victories. So just keep that in mind. Thank you, you, Jalen Roygo, for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. What else do I need to spew? I think we also, and you you mentioned it, um, speaking of Jalen Rager, I found it interesting and also a little bit damning that both interceptions were on throws to Jalen Rager the play immediately following a Justin Jefferson injury scare. Yep. So maybe we shouldn't be throwing the ball to Jalen Rager as much as everybody wanted us to. So think about that. Um, The last thing, and then I'll get one final rant in. You got to give the defense a ton of credit. We were banging on the doors to fire at Donatel. I wasn't one of those people, but there were many fans who were. Um, They needed to change something. They verbally confirmed to us that they were going to play more press man, which they did. And the defense was a lot more active, only allowed one touchdown. Um, They only gave up 22 points. The uh, additional 14 were on a pick six and a punt block for a touchdown. So um, the defense played great. Only 341 yards in basically five quarters of football after a streak of, I believe it was five straight games of 400 plus yards allowed. So Hats off to the defense. They have to continue that, though, um, against a not, a, another not-so-great offense with the Giants, but is has a couple playmakers that we have to look out for. So last thing I'm going to say, it's not going to be long, is that I think we know that this team isn't quite good enough to win a Super Bowl. I think that's pretty clear if you really just look at the what the body of work and maybe the talent level and um, the margin for error being very slim. But there is something with this team that you have to keep in the back of your head that there is a little bit of a, is this a team of destiny feel? And this could just be the heartbroken Vikings fan in me talking, thinking back to 2009 or 2017 or heck 2015 and Blair Walsh. And I know people are thinking about 1998, Oh boy! but there is something with this team where they get down and they come back 
they need to make a stop at the end of the game and they get an interception. They need a game winning drive and they get it. They haven't lost a one score game yet. And there's just something with this team and with this energy and with this culture. And for one thing, it's just been a blast, but for the other thing, it's, you have to think a little bit and, you know, we're not, we're not actually a part of the team. So we get to do this. We get to kind of fantasize a little bit about where this team might go. I don't know, man, there, there's a little bit of destiny feel to this team. So I think it's something that I might hold on to a little bit, just as a little bit of hope as we go into the playoffs here, but um, back over to you. That's all I got. I'm uh, excited about this win. Obviously a lot to clean up, but as they say on to New York. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to remind everybody to subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, like the YouTube channel, subscribe to us on whatever podcast podcasting app you use to listen to podcasts. Um, make sure you shop Unified Athletic Whale for all of your, you know, athletic whale that you, that you need, uh, whether it be jerseys or whether it just be casual, you know, like clothes your way to the gym or clothes your way around the house, that kind of stuff. Uh, really good designs, uh, good people over there at Unified Athletic Whale. Um, follow the show at LTB Vikings. Follow Will at Will Bad Lose. Goat Twitter handle. And check out VikingsTerritory.com and the Bad Loser blog. Okay, now that I got all that out of the way, we swept it under the rug. Um, I want to point out a couple of things. One, hate the phrase Team of Destiny, because uh, I remember thinking that in 2017. And I'm not trying to bring the show down. Not trying to bring the show down. Uh, my grandfather, who I believe was the man who made the switch to be, like he decided to be a Vikings fan and then raised my you know, his children and my, his children raised me and my cousins to be Vikings fans. Um, he passed away in 2017, really thought team of destiny after the miracle, really, really cried on my toilet after the, the 38 to seven game. Um, so I hate team of destiny, but I will say this. I will say this. Does any team in the NFL confidently does any let me rephrase this? Does any team in the NFL feel confident up three points with two minutes to go against the Vikings this season? I no, they don't. No one does. Everybody, and I don't care if you've beaten us. You know the 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 Cowboys dog walked us up and down our own stadium. If the Cowboys come back to US Bank and it is a th- they have a three point lead with two minutes to go and Kirk Cousins is taking the field, every Cowboys fan in America is peeing down their leg because they are terrified. And isn't that nutty that Cousins strikes fear into the hearts of football fans because that man just keeps coming back. There's a meme from the show South Park, which is not a show that we reference a lot on this on this channel due to its graphic and mature nature. But there's a meme where the dad in South Park keeps getting the crap kicked out of him. And he gets up and he says, I didn't hear no bell. And that just defines the Vikings this season. They're down two possessions multiple times against Detroit this season. They didn't hear a bell. They got back up. They won the game. They're down, what was it, 24 to 10 against Buffalo. Didn't hear a bell, win it in overtime in Buffalo. In Buffalo. They're down 33 to 0 to a bad Colts team. Didn't hear a bell, got back up. 36, uh, 39 33 victory. Walk it off in overtime for the division. They just keep doing it time and time again. So, yeah. It, look, could the Vikings get beat by five possessions in the playoffs and get sent packing and, and be declared frauds by the national media? Yeah, they could. But also, 
did anybody expect the Vikings to win the Super Bowl? Vikings fans. Did any Viking fan expect the Vikings to win a Super Bowl this season? No. Honestly, look yourself in the mirror. You didn't. I'm just saying, you made the dance. You have a chance. You're right where you need to be. Let's let's go out. Let's win out. Let's keep this two seed. I, the one seed's out. Okay, Philly's gonna win one game. Let's happen. let's keep this two seed. Let's make sure that we don't play Philly until the championship game, if that. And let's let's just have fun with it because, like I said earlier on the show, this is house money. It's been a very fun season, and we've witnessed history for the Minnesota Vikings this season. And anytime you can say that, you have to be happy. Tune in on Wednesday night, same time, same place, next day on podcasting apps. Uh, Once again, I've been Jordan Hawthorne. He's been Will Goodwin. This has been a day late and a dollar shout. And as as always, most importantly, skull y'all.